0: Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. I have a question to put out there, and that is, do I need church? Do I need church? Do I need to go to church? Some would say, well, you know, many people don't go to church, and they seem to be doing just fine. Some people would say, well, down the hall, so-and-so, or down the block, I mean, so-and-so is there, and she rarely goes out to church, so why should I go? Do I need to go? They seem to be prospering. Matter of fact, she has 14 cars, she's got three houses and all that sort of thing like that, so, and she seems to be doing okay, so why do I need to go to church? Some go to church only for holidays, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and, you know, maybe Mother's Day, whatever, New Year's, and so on. You know, some go to church only for the holidays, and they seem fine, some would say. They seem to be prospering okay. So why do I need to go to church, okay? So let me just ask a question. You turn on the TV, what do you see? You pick up a newspaper, what do you read? You know, I'm assuming here that everyone here tries as best as possible to stay in, t- in time uh, in touch with current events going on around. Because as Christians, we need to make sure we know what's going on in the world so we know how to direct our prayers. What do you see that's going on? The world is in turmoil. This country is in turmoil. We see riots in the streets. We see deception coming from the highest levels of government, federal, state, and city. We see corruption. We see lies going on. We see racial hatred. We see hatred for authority. We see those who would try to bring about sheer anarchy. We just want to throw chaos into the existing systems. There's no respect for authority or the law or law and order. There's no, no respect for the authority of man and even less respect, it appears, for the authority of God. It seems that the world is going upside down. Ephesians 6 says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It goes on to say that we wrestle not against flesh and, flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness. So we see what the source of these troubles are. We see that they're all coming from a common place. We see that the source of the troubles in our country is coming from a place that would have this country destroyed. Would have God taken out of the picture. And it's none other than Satan himself. Satan himself would be more than happy and ecstatic to just see the church, the body of Christ, turned on its end. Satan would love to see you pulled away from God. Satan would love to see you so distracted and your head so turned around that you don't focus on God. In this day and age, we need church more than ever because man can be so easily deceived. It's very easy for man to be deceived because Satan involves himself in the matters of men, in the affairs of men. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Sometimes we just take going to church as as, as Passé. You know, that it's something that I can just kind of do when I feel like doing it. Or or, or maybe even sometimes we'll go if, if something is really, really troubling us, if something is really, really bad in our lives and we're getting desperate. But the thing is that we need to have church and we're going to look at the reasons why. Man can be so easily deceived. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, chapter 11 of 2 Corinthians, And we're just going to start with number one. Verse number one says, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Okay? So the same way the devil the, the, uh, beguiled and deceived Eve into partaking of the fruit, the same thing what's being said here is that, is that if you're not careful through the, through the devil's works, through the wiles of the enemy, he can also draw you astray. And he sneaks in so easily, you know. Satan comes at us not always in such a bold kind of way. He comes to you through the back door in many cases. He comes to you in ways um, dealing with your family, you know, a friend, uh, your work, or someone in the neighborhood, something happening in the store or whatever. But you, we can be so easily distracted and deceived. If you look further down in chapter 11 of Second Corinthians and look at verse number 13, you see, because we also have to be careful to whom we listen in this day and age, because there are any number of people who would love to tell you what to do. There are any number of people who would love to give you advice. It says here in verse number 13, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing It's no wonder in other words If his ministers also be transformed As the ministers of righteousness Whose end shall be according to their works Okay So in other words If Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light Then it's no small, small deed or small job For the ministers of Satan Or those who are, who are really kind of preaching Satan's words so to speak or, or, or into deception Will also portray themselves as ministers of righteousness Okay? So how do you know? How do you know? In this day and age where there's so much going on, well, then why do I need to go to church? Am I going to find out these things in Winco? Am I going to find it out in Walmart? Am I going to find it out in the backyard someplace? Am I going to find it as I stay in bed and sleep on Sunday? You see? There's so much going on on around us that we need to make sure that we're not being deceived by Satan and others that would be around us. We see how Satan can influence the affairs of men at the government level and in the personal lives of people and in the personal lives of Christians. We're not exempt. Matter of fact, you've heard me say before that once you become a born-again Christian and you give yourself to the Lord, you know, the target that's on your back really gets larger and larger. Because the devil would love to have you fall uh, fall into the lives of some others that are around you or some other advice that they're giving you or by some minister that is saying something, claiming it's the word of God and it's not based on the word of God, you know, which is one of the reasons why I so... um. um Painstakingly, I shouldn't say painstakingly, but this is why I so carefully um, uh, have you open the Bible and read along with me so you can see that what is being said in the Bible and that these words are not my words, that I'm not making these words up. Okay, and then you can read it for yourself. And then also hopefully that after you leave here on Sundays and during the week when you're reading the Bible and you're going through the scriptures and also and, and whatnot, that the Lord also opens your eyes and shows you what the word of God says. There's a reason why we refer to the word of God here. You need to make sure that the words that you're hearing are not uh, not any kind of a deception or not something that's been dreamed up by someone else. Which is another reason in addition to church, and we'll get there in a few moments, But but but, but is reading your Bible. Okay, you know, I mean, how many, I'm not asking you to raise your hands, but how many actually take some time during the week to open your Bible and read it? You know, I mean, even if you don't read, you know, 39 chapters for crying out loud, open your Bible and read one or two verses. You know, only you know the answer to that. And of course, God knows the answer, you see. And so the time that you're not spending reading the Bible, you're opening the door for a lot to come in because you don't know the word of God. If you're not in the word of God regularly, then you don't know the word of God when you might need the word of God specifically. But if you don't crack open the Bible and God knows who does and who doesn't, you know, you may be opening the door where the devil can come in there and give you some false deception or some false thought that's not indeed with the, with the, uh, in line with the word of God. Okay? So we can't let Satan uh, influence the affairs of our lives. How do we defend ourselves? How do we do that? In addition to prayer, the answer is by regularly attending church. And now this is not my admonishing you to do this, but let's go to Hebrews. Go to the book of Hebrews. I mean, of course I say you need to come to church, but I want you to see that it's more than me saying that. And there's a good reason. You know, as we said before, uh, uh, as, as Ephesians stated, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, okay, but it's against those principalities of spiritual wickedness in high places. So this is where the enemy really is, okay? But the reason that we come to church is so that we can hear the word of God and be strengthened by what God wants to, uh, wants to give us uh, during that time that we're in church. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. And starting with verse number 19, Hebrews 10:19, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us, through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, Twenty-two. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Please underline that. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Please underline, let us hold fast, and double underline the word fast, the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful, that promise. When the word of God says to hold fast to something and when it says hold on to your profession of faith that means to hold tightly onto it. To hold tightly onto it. Okay? And when you underline those scriptures and you read them later on especially when there's a problem going on in your life especially when there's something, an issue that's in your life you'll open your Bible and you'll read that scripture that you've underlined hold fast to the profession of faith without wavering. God wouldn't tell us to hold fast to something unless he wanted us to be aware of the fact that we need to hold fast. We need to hold on to that profession of faith. Why? Because the devil will steal it from you. The devil will steal that faith. Oh, well, pastor, that doesn't happen at all. No, it doesn't happen. Think about the times that you started feeling upset and nervous about something that's not going right in your life. Think about the times that you got nervous when you've been praying to God for something and there apparently is not an answer. Think about how you felt every time the devil raises his ugly head in your life and and, and puts an issue in there with, with, with your children, with your job, something in your home, with your finances. Okay? This is the time that you need to hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. Without wavering. Okay, you don't have faith just for 15 minutes when you're hearing someone preaching, or 15 minutes when somebody gives you a good word. You need to hold on to that faith faith without wavering, without wavering. It goes on to say in 24, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Please underline that. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. Underline that also. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Okay? And it says they're not forsaking the, the uh, assembling of ourselves, as some, some, some do. We you know, people that do not go to church, or they don't go regularly. Okay? And the reason that God says not forsaking that, the assembling of yourselves, is because God knows that, You know, I have found the times, many times in my life, that I really struggled with getting to church. Be it sickness or whatever else was going on. Someone would call on the phone and want me to do something else or whatever. And and, and I almost felt, oh, well, gee, I can miss this one Sunday. But something in my spirit said, no, go, go, go. And when I got to the church, the sermon, the message that I heard was exactly what I needed to hear. The message that I heard was exactly what I needed to hear, okay? So God speaks to you through, hopefully, the Spirit-filled minister that is giving the message. And God knows what you need to hear, you see? But the devil also will keep you out of church on that day when you can, when you, when you, you can be most blessed, You'd be most blessed, you know. I remember I being an usher for many years and so forth, and I knew some of the things that were going on in some of my friends' lives, and the pastor would, would call a prayer line, very similar to what we do here, and praying for people and the message that would come forth. And I'd say to myself, boy, oh boy, man, that's exactly what John needed to hear today. That's exactly what John needed to hear. But John wasn't there. John wasn't there. You see? You see? So we can't foresee we, we, we cannot give up the assembling together of ourselves. You know, we need to take the time, to, you, you know, to be in church where God wants us to be because there's a reason for it. There's a reason for us being here in church together. Okay? We also wind up at many, many times, you may wind up meeting a sister or a brother um, um, after the service and you'll start talking. Boy, boy, that message was so sure meant for me. And to your surprise, the other person say, well, you know what? Gee, that message was meant for me too because I'm going through blah, blah, blah. And you'll say what you're going and you'll find that you're going through the same thing this other person is going through. And between the two of you, you may wind up talking out. And this person can tell you how God led them to eliminate the problem, how God led them to deal with the problem. So there's a reason why God wants us to to gather together. Oh, well, Pastor, I can go to church at home. I can go to church by myself. Well, why then does God say forsaking, not forsaking, the assembling together of ourselves as the manner of some is? Okay, There are those that feel they don't have to go to church, or for whatever reason they'll let a million things stand in the way of them getting to church. While we are going to church, beware of false prophets into whom you are listening. Understanding why we go to church, to fellowship, which isn't the same as socializing. Socializing is intended to be done Outside of the praise and worship And hearing God's word segment Oh by all means we socialize after the service is over That's fine socialize before it, But during the time when the sermon is going on And hopefully you've prepared yourself You know There's a structure for us Dealing with God And part of that In ministry And among Christians Is that Before you actually get into the word of God, there's a praise and worship time. And this is the time where you hopefully are praising God and you're entering to his courts with praise and you're preparing the way. This is also preparing your spirit for receiving God's word. It's different from you just walking in coldly and sitting down and hearing someone speak for 45 minutes or half hour, whatever it may be. Praising God gets your spirit ready to receive whatever it is that God wants to tell you. It, it puts you in a place that you are more receptive to God, to hearing from God. Amen? So then you hear that, and then you sit down, and then, then you, you listen to the message. And this is the time where, where, where God is what's on your mind. It's not about Facebook. It's not about socializing. It's not about texting or anything like that. This is the time that if you're really serious about God... And if you're really serious about the things that's going on in your life, and if you're really serious about the issues that you may have, and we all have issues, we all have things that pop up from time to time, regardless of what they may be, varying degrees of of intensity, varying degrees of, of urgency, but we all have things that are popping up. So if we're sitting here in church and you're really, really here because you want to hear from God, you want to see what the message means to me, is there something that I can glean from this message? I'm not always thinking, which many times we think and we hear a message and say, Oh boy, that message sure fits so-and-so. That message fits, fits my cousin Emily. That message fits my, my uncle. And i thinking that maybe that message is also meant for you. Okay, so we come to church to hear the word of God because I have things in my life, I have a need in my life. And obviously the most important thing is that we gather here to worship together, to worship God collectively, which the Bible says we should be doing. Forsaking not the gathering together of, your, of yourselves, you know. And then the challenging thing is after we get here to church is retaining, is retaining, is retaining what we've heard. You know, you can hear a good message on Sunday and you can say, boy, oh, boy, that sure fits my circumstance. That sure fits my circumstances. And maybe even while you're sitting in church and hearing the message, maybe you make a silent prayer to yourself. Oh, Lord, God, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to correct that. and I'm going to go, you know, starting tonight and going into Monday morning. I'm going to go in another direction because, Lord, I really feel encouraged. Yes, Lord, I feel encouraged. I heard your word and I hear you, Lord God. I'm renewing my faith. Yes, Lord, I will trust you. I will trust you. I trust you. Then all of a sudden come Monday morning, and the devil comes out and throws a monkey wrench into things, and all of a sudden you've got a new set of problems or issues, and you forget about what you heard on Sunday. You forget about what you got through telling God while you were sitting there in that service. Amen? Amen? So we go to church to to, to fellowship one with the other in that we're here praying together and worshiping together, but you're here also to say, Lord, what can I learn from you today? Okay? I don't know about you, but I can only speak for myself because I know me better than anyone else. But from the time that I finally realized that everything about Jesus Christ was indeed true, and I got off my, 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 my uh, 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 secular quest for knowledge, looking the other world religions and going round about circles, and I finally re- realized that something as basic as the gospel of Jesus Christ was spot on and it was real. Every time I went to church, I was hungry. I was hungry. And I really, really told God, God, I don't understand you. I want to know more about you. With the same zeal that I was searching to understand the things of the universe and science, and that things that I still do love, the same way I always enjoyed listening and hearing people talk about things like that and reading books on the subject and watching videos, now it's like, Lord, what, can I, what else can I know about you? What else can I learn from you? If you can get to that point sincerely in your life, and I don't mean just on the surface. If you can get to that point sincerely, a million times I say God looks at your heart. If you really, 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 really want to know about God, to understand the intricacies, yet still the beautiful simplicity of being a Christian and following Christ, God will reveal himself to you. He'll show you. And you'll find that the issues of life, the things that we all have that come up, over time they become far and few in between. I'm not saying that because you start going to church and you start really studying the word of God and that you're really seeking God, that you'll never have a problem in life. Jesus said you will have tribulation. He says, but I am great, I have overcome to overcome the world. Amen. I'm not saying that you won't have trials and tribulations But the more that you really make up your mind That I want to go to church I want to learn from you Lord God I really want to know you You'll find that when these issues of life rise up against you You'll know how to deal with them Okay You got to your, get to a point in life Where it's God's, God first It's God first Okay I don't care about job I don't care God is before family You put God before your family God will teach you how to deal with your family God will teach you how to to to, to love and to, to work with your family. Okay, for us, us men in the world today, we need to set examples for our children. You want children to follow, you want children to be obedient, then you need to be walking a model. You need to be walking a Christ like model. You know, some pompous men are so quick to cry, are, are, are so quick to quote. You, you know, oh the Bible says, woman submit your submit yourself to me. Woman, the Bible says, submit your wife, submit yourself to your husband. And they never go on to read the rest of the verse. To love your wife, as Christ so loved the church. Amen? They forget that. Okay? But how many pastors or ministers will even talk about that second part? I guess they'll be so quick to say, you women, you better submit to your man. That's not what the Bible says. Amen? So you put God first, and you let God know that I really, really, really want to know you, Lord. I really want to understand you, Lord. Your family issues will fall in place. Children will be children. Children will be children. I'm not saying that by doing that, all of a sudden, all your kids are going to walk around with little halos over their kid. But God will show you. <laughs> Someone's chuckling, you know how unrealistic that is. But God will show you how to deal with the issues of children. God will show you how to deal with that. You put God first. Your child starts acting up Or there's something going on That the child doesn't understand Instead of you so quickly Chastising the child I mean unless there's a safety issue Of course You tell the kid Stop it right now I mean stop it But sit down with the child And say okay let's pray Let's do something different Let's pray Okay And if you really really want to know What's troubling that child Let that child pray To God You say God uh, uh, Child You tell God What's the matter What's the matter? Let's see. here. I'm going to close my eyes. Let that child pray to God. And you'll be surprised. Sometimes through tears, through tears, they'll cry out to God. And they'll say what's well, really, really troubling, which maybe they may not have said to you. Teach the child at an early age that there's something going wrong in your life. You run to God. I don't care what it is. You run to God. Okay? If the child sees you doing that, then the child will follow suit. You see? You see? But it's all about you really, really, really being serious about seeking God. And it's one of the reasons that we go to church. We don't go to church to make, you know, a relative happy. Or we don't go to church consecutively every Sunday, you know, for a month just so that people can say, Oh yeah, she showed up, he showed up every single Sunday. He was there, he was there, he was there. That's not why we go to church. We go to church because we want to be there. Okay? I don't know about you, but gee whiz, I mean, when I'm on vacation on Sundays, if we're not in a position that we go to church, I spend time in the Word. I still spend time praying. I miss being in church. You get to the point that you miss hearing the Word of God. Amen. Some of the places that we've been, gee whiz, there was only one Christian channel on the whole TV station because the channel lineup is not like it is here. Other places we've been, G. whiz, boy, every other channel, there's a Christian channel with the Word of God on a Sunday. And I, I, I so enjoy hearing that. Alright? So I'm just that it's a matter of you setting up your priorities. Understanding why we go to church to fellowship and to, and to worship God. It is, it is unbelief that can give us that feeling that God is distant. Many times when we're praying for things, we start thinking and feeling that, well, where is God? Where is he? Well, God hasn't gone any place. You know, God hasn't gone any place. God is right where he is. It's just that we've strayed away from him. If you start feeling like God is not answering your prayers, that God is not hearing you, then you start asking, God is there. Have I maybe strayed away from him? If you're feeling hopeless or you're feeling lost or feeling alone, it's possible that maybe you strayed away from him. And then the question is, how do you get back to it? How do you get back to it? Do you know where he is? God is a promised land you've heard me speak of before for you. Whatever form that promised land could be. A promised land could be a job, it could be finances, it could be health, it could be companionship. It could be someone in the family that you're praying for, you know. And that promised land is that place, that place that we have been praying for. That thing that we're trying to achieve or the, the status we're trying to achieve or where, whatever it is that we're praying for. That's your promised land because God said he's faithful to hear your prayers and answer them. But during that, but getting to that promised land, just like ancient Israel, they have to go through the wilderness. Many times you will have to go through a wilderness. And the wilderness is not always easy. You'll feel like there is no water. You'll feel like there's nothing to eat. You'll feel like this is a dry and, and, and fruitless place. But remember that God is taking you through that wilderness. God will take you through that wilderness the same way he did ancient Israel. He'll take you through and he'll get you into that promised land. See, but how do you keep the promised land in mind while you're waiting to arrive in the promised land? You ask, well, how, how do I behave? What, what do I have to watch out for? What things must I do? How often do we think about ways to remember God's word? You see? You see, an interesting thing about God says here, forsake not the gathering together of yourselves, is because the minute you get in the habit, you know, of of, of not um, gathering yourselves together in a church setting, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I mean, gee whiz, boy, there was a time when I had broken my foot. The kids were little, and we had to drive almost 50 miles to get to church twice on Sundays and during the week because I was ministering and I was laid up for a couple of weeks and our dear friends came by and picked up Tanya and the kids and took them into church and I stayed home when the time came for me to go back it was hard to go back my foot was messed up I had on one dress shoe and one slipper maybe you guys remember that had on one, one, one bedroom slipper and one dress shoe because I said, no, I'm not going to do this. I had missed two Sundays or three Sundays. I forget what it is now. And, and it was hard. And I could see how very easily you can slip into the mold that you missed one or two Sundays. The next thing you know, it's three Sundays. It's four Sundays. You know? But the real danger is that even if you don't get into church, it's what happens after that. As you're not there to be covered by the Word of God, you see... And how many of you really, really understand that? You know, and this kind of gets into some of the things we've been discussing in Bible study. But there is a spirit realm. God is a spirit. The Holy Spirit, obviously, is a spirit. Amen. Amen. That this place, this sanctuary here, you know, is covered and filled with angels. Amen. Amen. That there's a spiritual, uh, uh, um, there's a spiritual, uh, uh, what can I say, uh, thing about us, about us being in church together. The anointing of Holy Spirit here, where the Holy Spirit can speak to your heart and and minister to you in a way that maybe would not happen if you just stayed at home. I mean, Holy Spirit can obviously minister to you wherever you are, but the word of God says, do not forsake, forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. So the more you stay away from church, what I'm getting at, after a while, the next thing you know, you stop reading the Bible. Then you stop reading the Bible, and then the devil turns up the fire. He turns up the gas jets and starts putting more pressure on you. As more pressure comes at you, and you're not reading the Bible, you're not there in church to hear the Word of God. Then the devil gets more and more. Um, uh, uh, how can I say? He gets his foot in, in the ground more deeply into your life. The next thing you know, you start you start losing faith, or you start worrying. You know, really worrying. Things just get worse and worse and worse, and thus it starts the down the downhill spiral. Why do I need to go to church? What does the Word say about hearing and retaining God's Word and doing? Let's go to familiar verses here in Matthew. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Why do I need to go to church? You know the interesting thing is Is that you'll see that um, Throughout scripture At many important occurrences In the Bible You'll see where The word of God says um, uh, for, for instance our um, Noah After the ark finally landed After all that time It says that Noah built an altar. What did he do? He went to church. Went to church. Every significant event in the Bible, you say, you'll see that so-and-so, so-and-so. And and he built an altar. He went to church. See? So you're not going to church, you're forgetting about God. Because I bet you dollars to donuts. Okay? And no one here is so pious and so holier than thou. Is that when you're not in church... That you're focusing on God's word. That you're spending some time in God's word. Hopefully if you do have to miss for whatever the reason is, that you'll at least take some time, you know, to read scripture. You know? All of these podcasts, every single sermon, going back I don't know how many years, are on the internet. You've got the app. You've got the Genesis 1 app. You can go to iTunes. I mean, there are many other podcast-type places that also, um, I don't know how they even do it, but they pull into the Genesis 1 sermons. So there's really no excuse. You can still hear the Word of God, which is so important to you. Because the minute you start letting that, letting that go, you will see that things in your life all of a sudden start getting a little bit shaky. The Lord knows we've got enough challenges as it is. There's enough things going on in life. You've got to remember to go to the Word of God and retaining it. Matthew 13, verse number 1. The same day when Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold... A sower went forth to sow, and when he had sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell into stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into, into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this, these words are written, if you have a red letter Bible, you see them written in, in red, which means that this is Jesus doing the speaking. And in verse 9, he says, who has ears to hear, let him hear. So that means that this is important stuff. It's important. Verse number 10 says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Just pause there for a moment. Do you ever stop and realize that the fact that you are a born again child of God and that you are here able to hear the ministry, the, 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 the word of God, that God wants you to hear and to understand his mysteries, Jesus wouldn't be saying that if he didn't mean it. God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to tell you things beyond your wildest dreams. But you're not going to hear him if you're not even willing to meet him part way. And that is to be here. To be in church. To be in his word. To be in prayer. Amen? Amen? So it says it's not given, but it is not given to them. Verse 12. For whosoever has to him shall be given... And he shall have more abundance. Whosoever has not from him shall be taken away, even that he, even that he has. Therefore speak I, I to them in parables, because they seeing me not, and hearing, they seeing, see not, I'm sorry, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Okay? So he's saying that even though they're seeing and they're hearing, they're not even, they don't know where Jesus is coming from. You're a child of God. You're a student of the Bible. If you're a born-again child of God, you're a student of the Bible. Don't be like those that see but don't see, and hear but don't hear. Okay? Hearing and seeing is understanding what God is saying to you. It's easy to go through the motions. But obviously, there is something else here that Jesus is talking about. That is, 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 that is, is so deep, I almost want to say... That those that don't know him just don't grasp it. And I'm sure there's a lot of us here, or if not all of us here, that at one time or another where you've explained something to a, to the Bible, about the Bible to someone, or somehow you got into a discussion about the word, and you start describing it and explaining it to someone, and they look at you like you're nuts. They don't understand where you're coming from. They may even try to refute you know, or contradict what you're saying, and you know you're quoting the word of God, but they don't get it. It's because they see but they don't see. They hear but they don't hear. Okay? Alrighty? That's like me going to a mechanic and my something's wrong with the, the with the so and so in my engine, and this mechanic starts talking about, Oh, it's the flism of phlasm's gotta be replaced with a twofold bifolter filter, if it's you know, and I'm saying I'm listening to him and I don't have the faintest idea what he's talking about. Amen? Amen. Well, so it is with many people when you start talking about the word of God to them. Either they've got some other preconceived notion or they've got some notion that someone else has planted in their mind. False prophets, people with false teachings, they've got those things planted in their mind. And so when you start speaking the unadulterated truth, they don't hear it and they don't understand it. They see, but they see not. And they do not, neither do they understand. Verse 14, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Which says, by hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. This was prophesied by Isaiah. Amen? Amen. You go to Isaiah chapter 6 or so, it's it's in there. Where he actually said, uh, you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. There'll be some people, I'm sure, playing back this podcast, and they'll say, why is he going on and on about going to church? God said that I am where, that he is wherever I am. I don't need to go to church. I go Christmas, Mother's Day, one of those five or six holidays that everybody go goes. Amen? Seeing they don't see. Hearing they don't hear. Nor do they understand. Okay? All right? it, it, goes on, it goes on to say in verse number 15, For this people's heart is waxed gross. Their hearts have grown gross. And their eyes are dull. Their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Unless at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. You see? So this case is only even people being healed. So you can't heal them because they refuse to hear and they refuse to see. Okay? So, therefore... By you not understanding and seeing and really seeing the word of God and hearing and really hearing the word of God and understanding the word of God, you could be setting yourself up for failure. Or you could be indeed blocking something that is going on in your life or should be be, uh, answered in your life. Okay? But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. He's saying to them, For blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say Remember what I said about the word verily, that when you see that word, that means here comes a dynamite truth. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Hear you therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom... And understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is which is which are which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and and uh, and anon with joy receives it. Yet has he not root in himself. Has he not root in himself? Uh, endures for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, um, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed unto good ground is he that hears the word, understands it, which also bears fruit, and brings forth some a hundredfold, sixty, and some thirty. Okay? So what he's saying there is different degrees of those people that are hearing the word. Okay? The first one there, it says uh, in 19, when uh, anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, the wicked one comes and catches away that which was sown by his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. So that's like, you come to church and you hear the word. You don't understand it. You don't receive it. So the devil comes against you and boom, and you know, you, there's no way for you to come back and to, to, to benefit by, by God's word because you didn't receive it. You see? You see? And, 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 and we can reject God's word. We can reject it. You can sit there in church and whatnot and you can tell, you know, who's receiving and who isn't receiving. You know? But that's between you and God. Alright? Alright? Because then when you get out of here, and something comes up in your life... Then how do you deal with that which you heard? And how do you deal with that issue that's in your life? Verse number 20, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same is he that hears the word, and a nun with joy receives it. Yet yet hath he not root in himself, but endures for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by his is offended. In other words, he hears the word, but then all of a sudden doesn't retain it, and then something comes up, and then everything goes wrong, and the person then is quote-unquote kind of destroyed. Okay, because the word didn't didn't get in there and didn't take uh, take root. Um, and it goes on to say in verse twenty two, he also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world, the, the deceitfulness deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So therefore, that's the person that hears the word, but because they're so concerned about other things of life, so worried about money, riches, or whatever else is going on, the things of this world that that chokes away the word of God because that becomes more important. You know, the things of this world become an idol to the person. And an idol doesn't have to be a carved image. An idol can be anything that occupies your time so much that you can't hear, you can't hear God's word. Amen? Amen? Our, uh, <coughs> our 22, he also that received seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and he cares for this world. Even, all right, 23. But he that receives seed into good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, sixty, and some thirty. Okay? So he that receives the word of God is that person that hears it on a Sunday and then retains it on Monday. They retain it on Tuesday. It becomes implanted deeply in their spirit so that when things come up against them, um, they don't fall to pieces. You know, things can happen in your life and it may take you by surprise. Yeah, I mean, that all happens to all of us. But the thing about it that as Christians, we're supposed to be able to recover and come back to what we heard in the word of God. Hopefully something that you've heard in church. Amen? So why go to church? Well, it's very, very simple. God says here, forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. God is telling us not to do that. But for your own benefit, you should be thinking about the hunger that you have uh, uh, for hearing God's word. And for wanting to hear him and to understand him more and more. And to be blessed by whatever else the Holy Spirit brings to pass during a, a worship service. Amen? Amen? Church is important. We need to... We need to be in church and go along with what God said. Forsake not the gathering together of yourselves. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And I pray that you go through the balance of the day or into the week. And you, you, you consider these words and consider what, what God has said here today uh, through his word. And uh, that you may benefit by it and that you may be prosperous. So I pray again that I uh, hope that uh, message ministers to you. And now let us... Prepare to honor God without tithes and offerings.